All right. Well, I guess we're gonna we're gonna make this professional right here. We've uh, we've officially named the show the XFR Talk Show, episode number two. Dustin Searcy, co-host. Welcome, man. Thanks for having me, Pace. It's good to finally have a name on the show, and I think we're gonna have a pretty good lineup of guests today. I'm excited to talk to these guys and girls. We got a girl today too. Yeah, we're we're gonna talk some breakaway roping today too. You've been wanting to do that for for a while, so. Well, I'm so curious on the breakaway deal because it's like it seemed like when they were all rodeo on the summer, it was just NFR is going to be Thomas and Mac. Like I assumed it. I, I didn't really look any of that up. And then all of a sudden they're at a it's not it's not the NFR, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool. Kelsey Domer, she used to be Kelsey Chase before she got married. But uh, we actually grew up about 45 minutes to an hour away from each other and we're the same age and junior rodeo together for a long time, so it'll be cool to talk to her. It's cool to see her doing good and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, and then we got Junior Nagata, Brad Kreitz, and Clay Logan today. So it's kind of a jam-packed show. We got world champions. Um, and, and the, you know, the, what I think is going to be so much fun about this is last time we got to dive into a few things like with Buddy and and Manny and, and Coy, and it, you kind of get a perspective that it's very realistic to what's going on in certain situations and. You know, I kind of it kind of gets my wheels spinning a little bit, like the, the playoff format and things like that, and and kind of watch these rodeos as they're turning out. So, it's been fun. Uh, big, I, I think it's going to be cool how this this one's going to turn out when Junior comes on. Definitely got some good questions for him. Uh, I'd like a, I'd like some Portuguese lessons. I'd like to know how to say champion. Is it campion or champion or I I don't know exactly how that goes. I'm sure he can uh, dive into that for you and get you a quick lesson. Get campion of the world. There you go. What's the over-under on how many motorbikes he, he won in Brazil? I know it's a big number. I think I think I heard one of the announcers say it was like 57 or something crazy like that. That's just, that's wild. 57. We're, Junior, we're, we're talking about you. You know, we're, we are pretty official when you like look, look at there on the screen. We got, we, got a, <laughs> we got a logo and everything. And yeah, I feel like we're, we're really moving on up. All right, well, we got eight-time NFR qualifier. Two-time world champion, 2014 Rookie of the Year, Junior Nogueira. Junior, did I, did I say that right? Did I get your last name right? Because that's I feel like that's the one that gets messed up all the time. Nogueira. No, you're good. You no, Nogueira? Nogueira. 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 Well, Junior, thank you for coming on the show. I know um, uh, obviously us working with this and the technology side of things were you know, we're still just kind of figuring it all out. But you know, when you first got to the United States and we're rodeoing, you're—I mean, you were wild, man. Like it, <laughs> like it, you kind of like took everyone by by surprise, really, with what you're able to do and um, you know the success you're able to have. And and the, and then a lot of that is back in, back home. You know, you rope a lot of muleys, the jackpots. I think it's just a completely different style of team roping. So, what what was that like to to go from roping a lot in Brazil to competing in the United States. What was kind of some of the biggest changes? And then also, does that style that you kind of developed over there, do you think that helps at places like the Thomas and Mac where it is kind of hard to set up a heel and run and sometimes you do have to just pull off shots? Man, Pacey, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a lot of change, honestly, from home to here. The cattle back home is way different. But something about what we do out there, we go fast every time. You know, back in the day, all, all we get to watch is the NFR. So everybody thought just American Cowboys, they rope fast, wide open the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So you can see everybody throws a little faster and try to 
you know, it just uh, heal faster. But the steer is so different, you know, they're more padding, they're slow, long legs. I hear the cattle just run so fast, but I had to learn a lot and still learning every single day, you know, because the way I learn and my habits just real different than how we have to do here today. So all the time I have to just kind of like hold myself back and just don't cut steps because back there we like to go wide open. We were pretty much attack the steer. I hear it doesn't work. So we got to really pay attention, right your spot, help your header, trying to keep the steer straight. But honestly, I think that's all the, the muleys and the wild shots I think helps too. It's pretty much my style. And now, you know, I learned more how to use my horse, use my rope and trying to finish the run faster. I think that's what little details just make a big difference. Because like I said before, we, we compete against the best ropers in the whole world. And, and those guys, they rope great. They ride great horses. It's the, I'm not a, I love what, what I do, but I'm a big fan too, to sit down and watch a good team roping, you know, because I was a kid and I loved to watch and I still like it, you know. When I see a great run happen, I say, wow, that's unbelievable. And to see team roping nowadays, it's, it's, it's a pleasure just to sit down and watch and be part of it. It's it's, it's amazing. You know, it's a, for sure, it's a big blessing in my life. Well, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, speaking of blessings, you know, as you get your family life started and kind of get that that aspect of your life going, how does that change your outlook on, on roping or, or does it change it at all? Man, yeah, I think change a lot, you know. I don't know, maybe make you try a little harder. You don't even just think about yourself. You know what I'm saying? You're always thinking about somebody else, your family and kids. And uh, But I think it makes more fun, honestly, you know. Sometimes when you're sad and bit up, kind of, and you get your family around, just to, like recharge your batteries so you get more power to go back and work hard and then to try to change any situation and and just to have your family around the end of the day, I don't know, it's, it's a great feeling to have. It's just, a, it's just peaceful for me. Yeah, yeah so, so kind of my last question for you on this is um, the, the lifestyles are completely different from Brazil to, to the United States. Everything's really fast-paced there, here. And, you know, the, the rodeo season, it's, it's pretty crazy. What about that burnout, that getting really wore out. How do how do you try to come back from that, or, or do you get burned out a little bit feeling? And if oh, so, yeah. then how do you how do you try to manage that? For, for sure, I did, and for a couple of years, I would say we talked before. I was pretty kind of even like upset, doing good, roping good, but not very happy. You know, like because we get burned out back. All my family back home didn't have no families. It's completely different lifestyle. And uh, we don't have no breaks, you know. And back home, we always hang out at the house, practice the whole week, and then rope on the weekends. So that's a, you know, it's a big difference right here. We just drive 10, 12 hours, 15 hours to rope one steer, and sometimes you go over there and don't do good on him. <laughs> and then you got to drive back. So that's pretty hard on the guy, you know what I'm saying? Even Not even your body, but on your horses and in your mind. Just a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big battle out there. But uh, I just start, I change the way I look at it right now. I just uh, say, you know what, you got to enjoy it. A lot of guys would just give their life just to be here. And I know one day when I be done with this, I'm going to miss it. Don't matter how bad you hate sometimes, but if you think when you get old and you're not going to be able to do this anymore, you're going to sit down and say, man, I wish I would be in this rodeo and just get to rope one steer against the best guys in the road just to have that feel. So that's the way I think I'm thinking right now, and just give me a little more gas. Say, you know what? It's true. So let me try to take advantage of this steer because I don't know about tomorrow. So 
but but that's that's the other way I'm thinking right now. And uh, set up goals, you know, we set up goals, trying to make the NFR, and just every steer is very important for not even for a world championship, but for the NFR for the day or little jackpot or big or small. It's, you got to do your job every single time. Try to do the best we can. Right. So that's from and and yeah. Uh, okay, I got I got one more question for for Dustin Hopson. <laughs> when you talk about I talk too much, yeah, no, 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 it's me. I'm, I always just I got to I go with a run on sentence like right now. Uh, but no, Junior, what I'm curious when you say set up goals, what does that look like for you to to set up goals? So how how does that structure? When do you start doing it? And then um, how do you how do you kind of define those and work towards those goals? Man, I always always we just. Try to do the best. Try the best. Try to ride the best horses you can. But my goal is every everybody asks, "What's your goals now?" So man, I want to make the NFR. Doesn't matter what, you know what I'm saying? Like I'll kind of, it's just I'm gonna try to do my job the best I can. But that's the goal to make the finals. So when after you get there, or if you do good through the season, everybody's there nowadays has a chance to win the gold buckle. You know, from the number one guys to the fifteenth, how much the NFR pays now? If the guys go over there and kill it. Whoever has a great NFR, the best. You've seen a couple guys coming in on the bottom and live world champion, you know. But you gotta be in there in the top 15. That's that's my that's my goal every year. So even like we won the road, everybody say, okay, what's well, what's the goals now? I said, man, the same thing. Not gonna change anything. I wanna get better, working some things. I'm I'm thinking I need to get better, but I'm not gonna try to overdo it. But my goal is make the NFR. Because that's the most important thing for every roping, and we do for living. So we need to try to be in there in the top fifteen at the end of the, the season. Yeah, Junior. Uh, first off, congrats on the NFR and winning winning your first healing gold buckle. I know that's something you've been after for a long time. But talk to a little bit about like you talk, you've talked a lot about your family and back home in Brazil, and I know how much that means to you. What was the reaction like back home? Uh, in Brazil, not just throughout the NFR, but after round 10, whenever you guys did win the world title, I'm sure that had to be pretty cool. Man, that was pretty cool. That was, that was awesome. You know, uh, like I said, it's a dream. And I've been close so many times, like four times in a row, one second reserve, come up short. And me and Jojo, I talked to Pace a long time ago, just had to catch. It was a dream come true. And the last one, we just have to stop and end up losing his rope. But it's Part of team roping, you still had a great NFR, but it is trying to win the gold buck is something I've been after for a long time. And uh, but like I said, this year I kind of like you know what, I'm not gonna be defeated. I'm gonna try the hard as I can. But if it happens, happens. Not not. But to see you after you get it done for your family and friends and even back home, man, they, for them it's like a World Cup. Everybody watching and they all freaking <laughs> out. They're happy and then send texts and just like. You know, that's a, I think that's what really means something, you know, to make somebody really happy about something you've done. You know, they, they for them, I kind of like feel like we represent them. And the same thing as your family. When you win it, it's just your family is so happy to see how long you guys, you know, we've been working and getting close and never give up. It's just a, it's just pretty hard, but that's pretty nice to get it yeah. done. That was, that was a good feeling. Yeah. So you talk about Brazil a lot. Do you ever feel like you're not just – just uh representing your family but you're also representing your home country of brazil a lot too is that kind of how you feel about it man yeah i think so too you know helps a lot of ropers and 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 i was a kid back home and always dreaming to come over here and rope and i know a lot of guys even great ropers they always want to come over here and 
and get a chance to rope or we grew up watching all the videos and now it's way easier with all the technology x factor we can get to watch and you see kids roping outstanding back home it's just like unreal and my dad he used to have old tapes you know and uh and that's how we watch over and over jake barnes cleo and uh, walt woodard <laughs> leo camarillo julio moreno that's what we watch over 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 and uh but nowadays it's just to, it's amazing to be like i said to be part of the whole sport and see how much change in all, all the technology and then i feel like i represent them to you know a bunch and if you see even back home how many kids i don't even know it anymore because i've been here for a while now rope outstanding it's just like phenomenal they become professional i have no idea when i came over they're just a little bit of kids and i'm not saying just because me but just because the whole you know the whole picture and everything they get to watch and dream of it they become a great ropers that's that's pretty cool yeah for sure so last question real quick before uh just about the nfr but what was different you guys prepare and i know you and caleb both worked so hard at it what did you do in preparation any different this year than than in previous years before the finals man we 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 rope a lot we try to get some good steers and uh we rope a lot of steers but i don't think this year we, we tried too hard i guess like we did try it hard don't take me wrong but we just we probably rope more steers than everybody every year before we get there and they set up the arena but on the end of the season we've done so good and the horses working together and we just try to keep that, you know, the same thing, the same momentum, trying to, we change a couple little things on the runs. And I think that's what make a big difference on it, you know, but we, we, we tried to rope pretty much similar steers we rope at the NFR, you know, a lot of guys do that, try to get some maximum steers, set the arena and try to make quality with, with this year, I think we make good quality runs and a few horses and you know just relax and don't try to change too much because sometimes i think we just you're open good and then you just want more 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 and then you just and then you start getting a little tired and your horse getting a little tired and then you start fighting through instead of just keep everything together you know if you, everything goes good working good so perfect don't even change nothing and see what happened if you're prepared yeah i feel like i'm prepared i've done everything i could so now let's see what happened yeah so at, at the finals this year and kind of prep, you know, prepping for it, you, you and Caleb obviously decided to go, you wrote different partners for one year, which it didn't, it didn't seem right. Like it just seemed like every time I expect you guys to rope together, you know, and there's just some of those guys that, man, it just feels right. So what, what makes that with your team that you guys are, that you guys just fit together so good and decided to, to run it back after, after splitting up for one year? I know, yeah, that's 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 something else to everybody asking that yeah, we we're still good friends, we just decide to do something different and uh rope snow is fun too. We we rope as as different experience, but like everybody said, man, it doesn't sound like the same. I know. And then we got back together. I think that was good. I think everything happens for a reason. You know, when you got back together we had to just realize a couple of things. We just changed a little things and just uh, probably appreciate more what we had and and we do have, we do have, we rope good together. I think it's like we, we talked before. I think it's for a reason that me and Caleb roped together since the first time. We rope first year, we start winning, and we never even, you know, rope together. It's just something that we just start clicking and, and, and roping. And we've been so successful for, for so many years and it's getting better and better. And shoot, he's a, he's a great partner. That guy's one of the 
probably the very best on his game and he ropes so good so talent and he's a he's a great partner and uh i think this go both ways you know when you're a good partner i think help the team and you try to make sure both are the same page and you were thinking the same have the same goals i think it makes a makes life easier and the whole whole team do better too right so um kind of last question with you guys at the finals this year his heading was a little bit different. It looked like his preparation was just a little bit different. He, I think, w what did that look like? Uh, what Caleb tried to do that was kind of different from the past. That I know he swapped ropes and kind of got one he could swing just maybe a little bit, a little bit quicker. I, I'm not quite sure um, all that went into it, but what what was his game plan? And and then how did you try to feed into that going in the finals? Oh, honestly, I don't know that much about heading, but. Uh, <laughs> We tried just to rope. <laughs> we tried just to rope every two, you know, try to act like it's one header. But if something bad happened, not trying to, you know, if you had a bad feeling, something going not feel very good, don't try to take a not very smart shot. But we just pretty much trying to rope every steer every night. Instead of when you just get out there, trying not to miss and, and catch every steer. And uh, instead, of just go over there and rope. You know, I think that's why Caleb did. He was more, way more aggressive. And even sometimes didn't go very good. One, I think, I don't know, he got the bear, but he just stayed down, rope, freed up his horse. So that showed a lot of, you know, maturity. He know what he was doing. He's at uncontrolled the whole the whole time. And that's what's make a big difference. So that's why I think we change. You just start, go over there and just rope. Instead of just like, well, we need to stay hooking average because we know the average is a big fact on the world title every year. But we got to go after two because sometimes the guys go over there and win three rounds. He's pretty much one average, you know, and if they place a couple more times, it's hard to get around him. And uh, we were up every year. I thought we talked before, so man, it's like a Cody, you know, everybody goes to Cody, they're trying their guts off and one steer, one header, and nobody wants to miss, but you want to make sure you catch him too fast. So that's pretty much what I think while well, we've done it and, and work out perfect. Yeah, you got kind of got to figure out how to ride that line between being aggressive and then when things get a little bit funky in that small arena, how, how to kind of make the adjustments and still get still basically get a time and just you know survive and stay in that average what uh what about fort worth this year junior um you know did you like that format and, and congratulations you know winning the rodeo over there and how, how does that kind of help with momentum for the the winter rodeos yeah well that was awesome and even always fort worth is one of my favorite rodeos and i made a short round a couple of times i think i won third or fourth one year and you know it's a couple of rodeos you always want to win just to have the little buckle and and this year was pretty cool on that arena and uh, the format was it's good you know it's perfect we made it back i think it was fair for everybody the steers was i think it was pretty much fair for everybody everybody had a good chance to to do good and win and we made it back we didn't do very good in our first one we come back had to make a really good run we done it made it back in the finals rope one more and then we, we came back and and i thought the, the final deal everybody has a good chance on every steer I think the final, the final, the, the short round is pretty fair. But Caleb did a great job, and we had that steer before in Odessa. He was our second one in the second round. We didn't do very good on him. He tried a little harder, but I watched a couple runs at Fort Worth on him. He he was a lot better, slowed down a little bit more, and and I know I need to get a really good start because Caleb was hooking on him fast too. He didn't want to be late. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's uh. 
that guy can come with it from a long ways away, especially like that at those uh, indoor rodeos when the barrier get a little bit longer and you're like, man, this guy can really, really reach. It's it's wild it the, the variety of shots that he can pull off uh, at just, just different situations. Junior, uh, talking about Fort Worth, how, how important is it to have a big win like Fort Worth? I mean, you win 20,000 one hit right there and all of a sudden that shoots you all the way up in the standings. How important is it to have a good winner and have a big hit like Fort Worth in the oh. winter time? Oh man, that's that's amazing to get to win, you know, that much money in one rodeo and just to help a whole winter time. That's unbelievable. Make you more I don't know, more comfortable, but shoot, yeah, it's awesome just to win that money and to get to know we have more great rodeos coming coming along is 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 pretty cool. You know, it just always I never had great always we're done good, but never had amazing you know winter like oh man i mean winter rodeos we just done really good and always in the summertime it's one we click and start going but shoot to win that rodeo and big hit help us a bunch and probably more confidence too more relaxed but we're so excited to have some way more rodeos good rodeos coming up too awesome well uh junior i i just got one one last question before you go uh I remember talking to you a little bit about this at a rodeo somewhere, but you're talking about missing steers at jackpots and uh, how you would buy steers that would take weird hops or, it, you know, stuff that you would see maybe at, at a jackpot that you weren't quite ready for on them. What, what made you decide to start doing that? Like going to the stock contractor and buying a steer from a rope and, <laughs> and putting them in your practice kit. <laughs> Uh, I just buy a few of those and just uh, uh something I just always like it even back home too just uh it's not when you see a weird steer crazy I say man how you could catch that steer always people give a rerun or just man I like to have this one that's the same I'm just something I always had is like a, my lead steer that's the one that started so I was in Arizona leaving Jake so I went with my friend Robert Reynoso to practice with some amateur guys good friends out there we had so they had the slow steer, red, big horns. First time they rope him, I rope every steer. I'm just playing good steers, just trainers. You know, the amateur guys just rope every day. So I go out there, that's steer hop. I just throw my rope and never touch him. I said, hey, and everybody make fun of me and they left. So, right. So came back in the second round. I asked him, say, can I run him again? He said, oh, yeah. So then he trot the whole time. And they rope him. When he turned, they pull him. I'm telling you, that son of a gun, he's wide leg and just trotting. His toes is like that far from the ground. I don't even <laughs> touch him again. That just kind of like, I said, man, something's wrong with that steer, you know? So then after we're done roping, they just take the wraps off and they say, well, those big ones, I'm going to put a mark on them. I'm going to take them to the cell. And I say, what about this red one right here? Oh, he's no good anymore. He just trots. I said, I want to buy him. He said, oh, I'll give him to you. Come pick him up. So I didn't have no truck, no trailer. I borrowed Sean Grant's truck and trailer, drove an hour and a half to pick him up and bring him home, and he just turned a great lead steer. And Jake used him for a long time. Sean Grant, when we rode here, Sean kept him and used him as a lead steer, trained a bunch of horses, and he's still at the house. So that's where we started. But I just have him and one more now. I just, uh, I'm not buying all those crazy steers anymore <laughs> <laughs> you're uh, shrinking down the crazy steer business is what you're saying 
<laughs> the ones nobody likes. I like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and really, that it makes a lot of sense because, like, even as a header, you run into horns that you haven't seen before, something like that. And then when you miss one like that, you're like, man, that's they they really can point out a lot of differences and maybe how your swing or what you you do with your rope and um, that you run into. So that that makes it pretty cool to to I think I've never heard of anyone yeah. doing that until you. Yeah, and uh, shoot, Jake Jake does that a lot. When you go over there, Jake Barnes, he got steers with huge horns. They trot, they had duckers, you know. He just always challenges himself to get better. So I, I learned that probably from, from Jake. Just uh, you got to slow down, but you want to make sure you you have a good loop. So Jake does that all the time. He used to have my steer, had a bad hat trick. And he used to have heifers out there. The horns are huge. And they just walk, stay out there, duck her head. And he just, wow. I said, man, this guy is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Junior, we appreciate your time. But I was going to ask you just one last question. You just had another, uh, your second child. And is a little baby boy, correct? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And yes, what did you name him? I named him Jake. Jake Lucinega. Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. So yeah. obviously Jake has been a huge part of your life and he's like a, I mean, he's like a father figure to you if I'm not mistaken. So just real no, quick, no, I mean, he... how special is that to, to have that connection and that friendship with Jake and, and how, how, just what does that mean to you? Man, Jake, he means, you know, the whole world to me and uh, what he done to me, he was pretty much like my dad. He was, he's the one give me all the opportunity to bring me in under his wings and him and, and Tony, his wife, mama, Tony, she's there being out, you know, a huge part of my life. And, uh, he's like a dad to me. It's crazy. Like I, I lost my dad when I was pretty young. I was turning six. My mom, she's been amazing, you know, to me, she's just been a really mom and dad and she done a great job. But when I moved up here, I didn't know nothing. Jake just brought me in and he really taught me how to, you know, how to become a professional, how to become a man, a tough, Cause he's super tough. He's a, he's a, he's a warrior man. And, and, uh, we have a great relationship. And like I said, uh, for sure, the gold buckle and everything is going through my life, my whole life and family. What we got going on is we need to thank him, but as for sure, it was God's, you know, God dream because, uh, our story could not happen without God's favor, you know, to put us together and Jake was retiring and put that desire in Jake's heart. And I didn't have nothing. And then we put amazing people on on our way and our path, just helping go through is is that was something we can't explain and I can't be you know, I don't know how to repay him or repay everybody who, who helped us in our team, but Jake was uh he's we still we talk a lot, text and he's just uh he's just amazing. And I I had my little boy and I find out it was a boy and everybody asking for the names. And I said, dude, I don't know how to name them. I really want to put, I'm junior because my dad, you know, was a great cowboy. And, and it's crazy something about Jake and my dad, they're exactly the same age. So, you know, if my dad was alive, they're exactly the same age. So uh, I just want to name him, you know, to after probably my dad, it'll be hard to say my last, my first name. And, and I had a right after I won it. Even my wife and family didn't go down that far because I was supposed to have the baby anytime. So after I won it, I was I drove to Arizona and my wife called me. I had to get on the flight, and I just uh, I had the whole story just as kind of like a movie going through my mind. And I just uh, I said I gotta name him Jake Jake Lucene Nogueira. 
because you know after Jake Barnes with my dad here he's American Lucene is my father's name too and uh, they might put my wife like we do put a wife's name Gasparin Nogueira so that's his name Jake Lucene that's <laughs> awesome congratulations man <laughs> yeah wow hey. that's a great story and, and it's good mm-hmm. talk about a talk about a journey man uh your your life has been pretty impressive uh it's crazy to think that you know, when you started out there in Arizona, but for the first time that I had seen you and, and to where you're at now, uh, it's, it's been quite the, quite the journey, man. And you've done a great job and, and getting around a guy like Jake Barnes probably wasn't a bad thing. That guy's a, he's a <laughs> man and he's competitive and, uh, that's, that's cool. And, and then to have you guys get that relationship special. Yeah. He's not easy to be around. He's super tough, you know, every single day is no day off and, and he's hard worker. Probably he's very intense, more than everybody. And you, uh, the way he treats himself, he's gonna treat you too. So he's not gonna be yeah. no different because he's a lawyer. That's that's something about Jake, you know. Can and, you beat uh, him? Oops, sorry. Can you beat him in no, ping pong? You got him in ping pong Man, yet? I'm, I think I got him now. I got him now, but no, <laughs> I think I just beat him one time, maybe two. He's gonna say nah, nah. <laughs> he's pretty good. I think I got him now. I think I'm good now. I, I kind of. I, I step up on my own game a little bit. I got a funny one for you. I, I roped with that Cody Pearson um, for quite some time, and Cody and Jake had roped together and spent a lot of time, and this Cody can play some ping pong. I cannot beat uh-huh. Cody at all. And uh, I asked him, like, what's it like playing with Jake? He's like, well, there for a while, um, Jake would – he'd kill me. And then he said, I figured it out, and I started playing him pretty good. And then pretty soon I beat him a few times, and then Jake would make me go out there and play basketball. And Cody's like – Five eight and Jake's just backing him up in the post. <laughs> Jake's six four. Yeah, he's just he's just handling and him. Say, and, How you like now? You want to play yeah. more? <laughs> and then I seen Jake that summer. That was the that was the year that you guys made the the first NFR. And I was asking him about. It. I was like, Hey, you you know you've been playing that Cody in any ping pong here lately? And he's like, Ah, oh, no, we hadn't played for a while. I was like, You can you get him pretty good? And he's like, Oh yeah, I, I he he wouldn't admit to even losing <laughs> to him ever. So that guy, he's he's competitive. He's well, still, man, every, every day. Well, Junior, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, congratulations on the world title. I, I know that, I mean, you, your resume is pretty amazing, winning the all-around title to, to now the healing title um, and, and just everything you've done. Thanks again. I really appreciate it, man. Man, thanks to you guys for having me here, and thanks for everything you guys do for the sport. That's, a, that's an honor, and you guys put a lot into too, and to get everybody to – knows more and watch the best of the best is pretty cool thank you guys thanks junior we appreciate it and good best of luck to you this year thanks man we'll see you see you up soon i i think i could get him in some ping pong um you think you got him yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go buy a new table probably clear this attack room out yeah redo the studio in here and make it into a ping pong room the the funny thing about it though when you play ping pong is it's really fun if you're beating guys but then when you just get like dominated and you're like yeah. I, I don't have a chance um that's when i really started to lose enthusiasm and that's what happened with pierce i've never me. played until uh college and my roommate that i lived with he played tennis in high school and so he's like let's go get a ping pong table and i'm like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna work this guy over you know like got pretty good hand eye coordination i thought and uh no it was it was a rough couple of months till I started to figure out how to play. Yeah. I started watching videos on YouTube and 
realize that like what I had to do to to probably be competitive against Cody and I quit that yeah. was so, so <laughs> that's it for me what about junior though have have you I mean I, I went over to his house probably last last spring I think and he could put a rope on that steer like walk up and put a rope on his lead steer and they'll lead him around and, and he could load him in the trailer and and he can do a lot with that steer and what that really meant to me is he's taking that steer with him everywhere and and got a lot of reps in and, and done a lot um as a healer what what do you think that is as far as his like tenacity that you see from him to to work on that like buy those steers get a lead steer like that and work on that that loop that's kind of that trap loop or that not kind of that not a traditional heel shot that you see yeah it's first of all i think what makes junior special is he was around jake and he talked about it just now about how he's a warrior and i think junior has that mentality too like he's got some grit in him like i think clay Tran says it about a lot of healers he's like that guy's got some dog in him you yeah know? and so and i think when you want it and you have that burning desire deep down inside of you you'll stay out there until your hands are bloody roping that lead steer until he can't walk no more and you know i i think it just that just goes to show you i mean if you want to go ask the sc the stock contractor at the rope and if he'll sell you the steer that you just roped a leg on that means something to you if you're going to go to that extreme like hey i want to figure out how to rope this steer in case there's another one like him i don't want to mess up again and uh that's just a different mentality i think yeah i some dog i i mean I, that really is it and, and i just remember seeing that guy after he like i think it was odessa a couple of years ago i think it's only healed that steer that like almost went down in the 10th round and and they they didn't win the world but it was when he healed him um, they were going to win the world unless yeah. uh, Clay, Clay and Paul, right? Yeah, Clay and Paul was the only team that could do anything about it, and they did. They made a great run and ended up winning the world. But Junior was, he was still like he was kind of sad, like he was disappointed. I guess I can't and, imagine how deflating that had to have been for him to pull off arguably one of the best hill shots we've ever seen ever. Yeah, for a world, for a gold buckle in the tenth round. Like it was story at the height of the you know the peak of everything, and then the next team to come behind you and just oh yeah we're gonna go four six or four four or whatever and jerk the gold buckle right back out from underneath you yeah that, that had to have been a just a deflating moment I can't imagine trying to show up at Odessa and be excited the next year you yeah. know not even thirty days later yeah and I I think that's that's the thing. Um, when you get around a guy like that, that's the expectations is he wants to make the NFR because he knows he's got a chance to win the world and they feel like they're the most prepared um, at, at at the NFR will, will shine through. And it's just, it's a hard place to win world titles over there. It's yeah. a, it's a hard rodeo to make, make it go good for you. And I think that's just kind of shows you what he's been able to do and, you know, kind of the, the guy's got some tenacity, like he he's, he's, he'll really get after it. So, right. All right. Well, we're going to go to a commercial right quick, and then we're going to come on with uh, Bri Kreitz. X-Factor Roping is proud to partner with NRS. Since 1986, NRS has been providing you with everything that is all things Western. Use our code X-Factor for a discount on your online purchases. You can shop in person seven days a week at NRS's locations in the heart of Texas and Arizona's team roping country, or you can shop 24-7 at nrsworld.com. Don't forget to use promo code X-Factor for a 10% discount. 
All right. Well, we're back from commercial. Brian Kreitz, Perfect. I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, you know, you've you had a very good year last year, um, finished in the top 25, had had a pretty good chance to make the finals all year long. And, you know, you guys were, were able to do good at Fort Worth the other day. So thank you for joining us, man. Hey, thanks for having me. All right, man. Well, let's, uh, you know, obviously we, this is kind of a new thing. So we're just trying to get a feel for what it's been like, uh, for some of these guys that are kind of up and coming and, you know, your, your deal is a little bit different. Cause the first time I seen you rope, uh, you were heading for buddy Hawkins at some rodeos. And I was yeah. like, man, who's this guy? It like the longest run I think I seen you make was four, four. And I don't believe you got closer than two coils on one steer that I watched you, you run. Like I was just like, this guy, dude, he just hits a line and throws all of his rope, turns them back and buddy heals them. Like, I've never seen this. I hadn't really seen this guy rope hardly at all. And and he's going to make the finals head and, and he's only going to start rodeoing <laughs> in like the middle of the summer or something like that. So, uh, I mean, obviously, man, with that being a header, what was kind of the biggest challenge heading at the pro rodeos? And then how does that help you become a better partner, uh, you know, when you're when you're a healer, you know? Yeah, and heading, my biggest thing was keeping my horses working like that horse was really good, and I, I pretty well tried to ruin him when I learned how to head. I healed forever, all through high school, college. Zach had that yellow horse that Zach Small, my brother-in-law, let me ride that yellow horse. <clears throat> when I was learning how to win, it was at all these amateur rodeos up here in northeast Oklahoma where you had to be super fast all the time. So I pretty much got my horse turning straight back, learning how to head. And then when I got out there, man, just as soon as if a guy's horse ain't running, it is borderline impossible to win out there. And I uh, I had a really hard time keeping my head horse running on account. I just wanted to throw my rope. You and, know, that, uh, that's a big challenge for headers. <laughs> just had, I just had one horse. And, and when I started with Buds, it went great for about the first two weeks. And then my horse got a little tighter and the boxes got a little longer and the barriers got a little longer and man, it went to crap fast. <laughs> whenever, uh, whenever I come home, I, it took me quite a while to figure out how to ride my head horses again. And then right after that, uh, when I actually started healing again and man, it <clears throat> just like, I know, I know how hard it is out there to hit. And I feel like, it, it makes me mad when I see guys get mad at their partner. Healers get mad at their hitter. Like, I know how hard it is out there. Like, if you think you can do it, then get you some of it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that's uh, it helps me be supportive of my guy. You know, I know, I know, it's hard to catch out there. So with that, um, you know, going to healing from. I mean, obviously you've healed a whole bunch and, and you're a healer, you're, you're pretty aggressive. So what, what's that mentality like, you know, when you, when you do kind of now you've, you've been healing, I mean, it's quite a lot and you guys had a pretty big year last year. So what is your mentality? Like, how do you try to set that up and, and kind of know, you know, having that experience from the rodeos, because I think, uh, heading, you've got to be really aware of the arena and the boxes and what the steers play like where healing it's more uh you, you you react just probably a little bit more i'd say it gave me a lot of insight on you know like I, now i always ask my partner ask Warman what the barrier is you know just because i know from when i headed like if the barrier is a foot foot and a half over your healer jumps in he's going to be in front of your header before he can clear the box 
you know, it, it helps me a lot. If anything, just getting my position down, being able to get down the pin enough and, uh, and not foul my header. I try to help my header as much as I can to not foul him up. Right. And, and just understanding hazing over, over those longer boxes and scores, because it is a different deal where a steer might get out there kind of on a one or two foot over barrier when they're way out there, you don't really want to push on them too, too late or too soon, or let them, let them get right or too far left. You know, as those boxes get deeper when those patterns change on those steers, it, it makes it real hard to, to make good runs. I think. Absolutely. I agree. So this year, like what's going to be the biggest change or do you guys try to change something going to going into this rodeo season? Uh, you know, you obviously were really close to making the finals. So you kind of got that, Hey, I, it, it's kind of that bittersweet thing. Like, you know, you can do it, but then also you, you might feel like, Hey, I, I, if I could make some adjustments or do something a little bit different, that'll get me over the top. So how do you look at your season from last year? And what do you, what do you do for this year that makes it different? Man, I think we're just going to try to catch more. We're, we're, we're a really fast team. We don't generally catch too slow. I think, and I know for me, I'm going to try to focus. I mean, one headers are great, but gosh dang, there's a lot of money in them two and three headers. And that's where a guy can, you know, win two or three checks and get it racked up fast. And we, we had a little heck and like in the Northwest, we got to draw on bad and then we got to fight in it and it was, if you, if you get to fighting and it gets bad, I'm just going to try to stay a little more calm and even. Just try to keep doing my job all year and not, not get wrapped up in trying to make the finals. Just go out there and try to win. Right, right. Well, um, you know, going into Fort Worth, uh, you guys were able to to win good over there. And uh, that that format for for your guys' run, what, what does that kind of seem like with how for, the format works at these uh, playoff rodeos and then, you know, your guys' run, how, what's the strategy behind it trying to, to get to these finals and get where they pay the big money like that? Man, it, it plays right into our game. Like I said, we don't, we rarely catch too slow. So like right there in every, every one of those we run at Fort Worth, we knew if we, if we get Cal caught, we're going to probably win money and keep advancing. Which is which I don't know if everybody has that mentality, but like I said, when we catch, we're fast, and we just tried to slow down and catch every cow, and it uh, man, it worked out really good for us. Really lucky to do good down there. Yeah, you guys did do good over there at Fort Worth. Uh, made it all the way to the finals. You guys won second, I believe. Is that right? Yep. Okay, and second paid twelve grand. How much money total did you win out there? Uh, a little over eighteen thousand. I think like eighteen four. Yeah. So. 18 grand that's a big boost in the winter time uh you know big checks oh, are, are are hard to find and, and you <laughs> yeah. might be two weeks before you run another rodeo steer you know i'm just depending on what your schedule's like so talk about right. fort worth and that gives you a big boost like what does that do for your confidence and and the momentum for you guys as a team uh to try to have the best winners possible to where you don't have to win sixty thousand in the summertime Oh, it's, it's huge for us. You know, I think when we got to Reno last year, we had 20,000, we have 20,001 today. And it's, I was a gosh dang broke when I got down there, I couldn't buy a hot dog. And I, I haven't been able to go to many jackpots and stuff that I need to be going to because I haven't had the dough. And it's, it's huge for me to, you know, not, not be worrying about money now. Now I can, I can just go rope and not have to just have to win to be able to pay for fuel to get home, you know? 
it, it, it was it was huge for me. I, I'm very thankful for it. You talk about that. I mean, that's a real topic for a lot of people that rope for a living, especially. What is that mentality? I mean, is it easier for you? Because some people, they thrive in that position to where, like, they turn into an absolute winner whenever they're on their last dollar. But I know for me, it's a lot easier for me to back in the box and not be near as stressed out and worried about stuff if I've got a bankroll of 20000 behind me, not worried about, yeah. can I go eat a steak dinner tonight if I want to? Right. I, I try I try my best to live my life like I've got money. You know, I, I try to eat good. I, I try to treat myself. I try to mentally treat myself like a winner, and hopefully I can I can manifest that into winning something. <laughs> But man, it's uh, it's a heck of a lot easier to win whenever you know you don't just have to. If I miss this cow, I'm gonna have to ride my horse home. You know? Right? Yeah, yeah. And and talking about your guys's run, and you, and you said you you guys when you catch, you're fast enough usually. And I think that's that couldn't be any more true because you and Jake are both really aggressive. But whenever, how do you try to balance that to where you know, like you said this year, you're gonna try to catch more steers. How do you balance that to where like you don't back off too much, but you're gonna have a, maybe a little higher percentage shot or something like that? What what goes into that balance of trying to find that happy medium between being really aggressive but not messing up too much either? For me, it's trying to get in a good spot. I feel like last year I rode my I rode that chestnut horse all year last year, and he and he's a really good horse, but I get in some funny spots on him and it makes it hard. And the sorrow horse I rode at Fort Worth, I rode a little bit last year. And I'm just cracking him out this winter, and I plan on riding him everywhere. And man, he's so gosh dang easy to heal him on. I think I think I'm gonna be able to get in a better spot. And if I can get in a good spot, I think I got a way higher a way higher catch percentage. It's it's so much easier for me to catch on that horse. He gets in a good spot, and I can see the cow, and everything goes good. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna try to just really focus on getting in a good spot, catching the cow. Right, right. Well, I mean. You've you've got a good chunk of money won so far this year. What I mean, obviously your goal is to make the NFR. Everybody's goal is to win a gold buckle. But what are kind of do you have any specific goals other than that this year? And what's the game plan to to attain that? Man, really just making the finals. Man, like I said, this winter, this winter fits into us in the buildings and the shorter setups were were tough. Orman can can head them as fast as anybody in the world. And I plan on I plan on trying to rack up as much as we can this winter, and then just cruise all summer is what I'd like to do. That sounds like a really good plan. <laughs> I, I like that. You, got, and you guys, yeah. you guys are off, I think off to a real good start. Plan out there, though, is just win fifty thousand in the winter and just ease around all summer. Yeah, right. yeah. Maybe uh, go on a rafting trip over there and, uh, when you get out to is it yeah. Estes Park? Maybe just enter go, Estes, yeah. not Casper, and yeah. Sheridan, and all that. Right, just camp yeah. out up there. Play some yeah. golf, maybe have some fun, you know. Right, yeah. Need now, a steak or two, also, you know. Treat yourself. Now, right. now, now we're right. talking. Um, right. well, you know what I really like about your, the, you know, your guys' team is a lot of a lot of guys will split up every year, and it seems like I, I don't know if that's quite the deal. I, I feel like a lot of guys kind of just get tired of being around the same partner, but it's like you guys is. I mean, it, your run looks good, and there was. There was times where it was good, and there was times where I'm sure you guys were both, you know, drawing bad and, and make it, you know, I'm sure you guys each made mistakes. But what goes into that conversation to you guys decide to to stay with it this year? And and what, you know, what do you like so much about, you know, your partner being able to to do that? Man, Orman's a great dude, and he's easy to be around. And, 
you know, I might miss half a dozen in a row and, and he, ain't, he ain't worried about it. He, you know, like first year we opened 2020, I was, I crossfired one somewhere, Dylan Montana or something. It was the coldest rodeo in the world. Yeah, it was Dylan and, Montana. Uh, <laughs> I can guarantee it. Yeah. 7 a.m. slack, and, uh, Labor Day weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I was mad at myself back there, crossfired to win money. And he's, you know, he's supportive as heck. He's like, hey, don't quit, don't quit throwing it. You know, I, I had missed three or four that week already. And he said, don't quit throwing out there. He said, you're going to catch them. Just keep throwing down. You're going to get them caught. You know, and we're in, the, we're in the same boat. You know, like I said, I know how hard it is to hit. And I, I'm never going to be mad at a partner for missing. And I feel like we, we support each other good and, and we get along good together. I think that's the biggest thing. A guy can't a guy can't get down on his partner. If you get down on your partner, get the doubt on your partner, man. It, it goes downhill fast, real fast, I think. Yeah, uh, man. Brian, my last question for you is just you have such a good attitude towards rodeo and like you I've been around you and I've known you for for quite a while and you're just a happy go lucky guy, you know, like I've never seen you down ever. You know, you're always laughing and smiling, talking to people and like and rodeo and it's so hard to be that way because we we lose more than we win. And so how do you have that mentality and how do you keep that throughout the whole year and stay consistent with that way of thinking and that much positivity? Man, I try to just, like I said, I know, especially up with the I know if we can catch the cow, we're going to win. There's no, there's no setup in the world. I think we can't win at. So guys just got to have a short memory. You know, you miss, give yourself 10, 15 minutes to be mad about it and then get over it. Cause that one don't matter no more. You got to go win at the next one. That's the way I try to look at it. You know, I mean, I might mess up, but heck, a guy, a guy can't dwell on that because there's so much money to be won going forward. You got to just forget about it and just keep going on. Stay positive. Because if you get negative, just just like if you get down on your partner, if you're if you're negative at yourself and you're mad at yourself, man, you're you're already in your head when you're back in the box. You you've just got to stay positive and not worry about it. Yeah, that that staying out of your head. That's that's probably one of the biggest challenges, right? And uh... You know, talk about the the mentality of not having money when you're and being able to win because you know that that does build something. Because if you can heal steers and not have any money and and then believe that you can do it, as you keep working it, like to where you get in situations like you are now, how does that? How do you kind of build momentum or like reflect on that to to know, hey, I, I I'm I'm willing to fight. You know, that's, that's where I was at and this is where I'm at now. How do, how does that kind of work for you? Man, it, it motivates me a lot because this is the only way I really know how to make good money. You know, I work, my, my in-laws have, a, have an embryo business for, we do embryo work for cattle and I get to work for them. And I'm very blessed to have the opportunity to come home and make some money. But at the same time, if I don't win rodeo and I'm not actually making any money, it's hard to stack anything up. And the rodeo is in a very expensive game. It costs a lot to go, especially living, you know, I live six hours from from the heart of team roping country right now so i'm driving all the time but it uh man it's a, it's a big motivator and then like i said when you when you get mad you get mad enough to go win on your last dollar then heck then it's like when you got money it's easy like heck i'm i already know how to win now i just gotta go do it you know yeah yeah you can just kind of keep putting it up because you, you kind of already know you've proved it to yourself that you've you've got what it takes right and, and i think that that right. allows that right. so you know, my last question for you, man, um, being where you're not, like you said, not in the heart of team roping country. And there's a lot of guys out there that want to, or a lot of kids, I'd say, that want to rope for a living and like learn, learn how to do it. 
you know, what's, what's kind of been the biggest thing that's helped you out as far as maybe being a little bit of efficient with your money, getting and, and then also being able to get some good runs at the, at the jackpots and rodeos, because that's, that's also a challenge when you're not around those guys. Right, man. <clears throat> you know, I rode, I headed, heading actually helped me a lot because I roped with a guy that was very known. Everybody, everybody went to watch buddy. So in watching buddy, they watched me. So they kind of got my name in their head. Well then when I went to Helan, I had a heel for Kel Markham that first year back. We uh, we placed at the BFI. Did get BFI once again. Got my name out there a little bit. That's the biggest thing to get partners down there. You know, in the in the heart of Rokenville, whenever you're not there, is people have to be thinking about you. You know, you if if you don't show up, you don't win. Nobody ever thinks about you. So guys, got to get out there and get and get seen and let people know who you are. And I'm lucky. My second partner is Jake Clay, who lives an hour from me we get to practice all the time and, and we can go together a bunch but like with orman uh when i got when i started roping with orman actually tyler worley told me he's like hey orman needs a partner called him said hey you want to rope he said sure let's do it one of those deals where he i guess he'd heard about me enough he seemed like it was worth the risk to rope with an ex header <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and here we are <laughs> well man and, and honestly when you when you were ahead and you put on a show it was it, those runs were wild. Uh, I I just remember thinking aggressive. Yeah, this guy, this guy wild ain't, ain't afraid. Exactly how I would describe it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking, I I lied to you. I have one more question for you. And for the people that don't know, your wife is Courtney Small, and she heads really good. Right? Is the really if good. I true? If I poured truth serum in you. Is the real reason why you stopped heading is because you were ruining all of her head horses? Is that why? <laughs> no, she was the only one that could keep my head horses working. I'd, I'd mess them up through you and bring them. So home is that fix them for me? Is that why you married her so she could fix your head horses for you? Gosh dang, I had to have somebody take care of all my stuff. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's why I went to healing. Is no one? She just got tired of freeing up the head like, horses. She's like, hey, these are just yeah. you're ruining past the point of no return so you got to do something else yeah she said i'll <laughs> let me ride the head horses you just mess them heel horses up you can yeah. handle the heel horses <laughs> oh man that's great uh so where do you guys go to next as far as uh rodeos go i uh, go to we'll go to the clay logan open this weekend and then i go to jackson mississippi the 14th running both there the 14th okay so it's it's a little bit spread out for the rest of the winter. Um, you guys obviously you got Houston and some some bigger chances like that, and I think that's going to be uh, that that'll be kind of the fun deal is if you guys are just one one big hit away now from that thirty or forty thousand dollar winner that everyone wants to have. So that's that's an awesome situation to be in, and you know it's it's just staying the course. You know this doesn't just happen overnight. It's a whole year's work. So congratulations, man. I, I know that. Last year didn't kind of go the way you wanted, but it seems to, you know, you're now in a real good spot for this year, and that's that's because of those dues you've been paying. Yeah, last year just made us mad. Now we're going to bear down and go ahead and do it. Yeah, there you I, go. I like it, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, you know, you get over here to, to Morgan Mill, Texas, and, you know, need, need a spot, holler at us. Perfect. Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all having me. You bet, Brian. Best of luck this year, and uh, we'll we'll be rooting for you. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya. I was, oh man, I'm trying to think. I was probably like scrolling through Instagram and I'm like watching one of Buddy's runs. 
I'm like, this dude on this yellow horse, <laughs> like you could barely see him. Like he like clears the box and he, the phone isn't zoomed in enough, but he like throws all of his rope and just ducks out of sight and Buddy heals him. I'm, I'm like, you know, Buddy's going like, Buddy makes the final thing. He ain't going with just nobody out here to the to the West. And then I think the first place I seen him was Vernal, Utah. And that rodeo is pretty fast anyways. And it was there like four two or four one. I, I don't know, but it was it was a ridiculous run, I thought. And uh I think there was a few like that. <laughs> I was just like, this guy, <laughs> he's yeah, he's crazy, man. And he's just crazy talented with a rope. I mean, that guy, that kid from either end, putting head and healing, doesn't matter. He can he can do it and is legit. Like, I mean, I think if he would have stuck with Hedden and just figured out how to get his horses to run and just kind of stuck with it longer, I'm sure he would have been successful as a header too yeah yeah i there's no doubt about it he he definitely uh has a ton of talent with a rope and how he's kind of put it together is cool and it's one of those guys i just you always want to cheer for because he's just happy-go-lucky guy but seems like he's he's kind of grinding and staying with it and i i want to see him do really good it's, it's just one of those guys and same with same with jake jake yeah. has stayed Jake's with a him. great guy yeah all right well uh we're gonna be we're gonna have clay logan coming on here in just a minute um you know, stick with us and we'll be right back. Yep. Okay. Well, we got Clay Logan here. Uh, Clay, obviously one of the first official video shoots with X Factor Roping. Um, you know, I appreciate you giving me a chance. That's, that's been a long time ago. It's got to be seven, eight years ago now. And, uh, you know, I've, I've gotten to know you over the years and just a great guy. So thanks again, Clay, for coming on. Oh, we appreciate it. We appreciate you having us on here and coming over in the future, giving us, or before and giving us some give some good publicity and, and, uh, get out across to many people as we can. Yeah, no, it was awesome. Um, so Clay, obviously, you, you know, you're, uh, you've got a big roping coming up. This is going to be the, is, is this the third or the fourth year that you're, you're doing this roping now? Uh, this is, the, this is the fourth year. Okay. Well, what made you decide to kind of put on a, a, a big or open rope because that's how it started out was at your house and uh had added money and you know what was what was the idea and how is, how has it evolved from there well the the when it first started shane boston actually is have a rope and open there for these guys for having open money getting with you know try to try to help the rodeo guys out for the giving some other places to go and so we had that so right there the first year shane put up all the money and just more or less with the added money and took care of everything for everyone and uh, we had the rope in there at the house, which it turned out great. We had, I mean, it actually just didn't have any room to park by the time it was all said and done. And, and the cattle were good. And then we had a really nice day. And actually, it was, it was a super fun day to, and a great, great roping. So uh, it kind of went from there. And then it kind of grew my house. And then we moved it. And, and the next year that we had it, that we had a good turnout. The open roping was good. And we added number 12 roping, which was real, real big that year. And that was about the time of COVID. And they let everybody out of COVID. And I got in a wreck, and so I missed I missed most of the rope in itself. I tried to go down there for a little while, but I couldn't I couldn't do it. So and then uh, and then last year we went to Hamilton, and we had it we had a good roping. And this year, where weather changed us, and so we're in Stephenville. Well, that's kind of exciting to have it right here in Stephenville, over at Lone Star Arena. Uh, you know, X Factor Roping. We're gonna, we're going to broadcast the whole roping. That'll be this this coming Sunday. Uh, so, what are the steers going to be like, and what what's this open? You know, what's the setup going to be? Uh, you know, we've uh, we went and broke in. Shane, we bought we bought about two hundred steers there and uh, broke in all them cattle, sorted off what we kind of like we did the first year, and we'll 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 we put some runs on them there. Uh, I think we put four or five runs on those steers. We're going to put 
a couple of runs on them probably in the 13 and try to get everything sorted for the open there and make sure everything's good and uh like i said and then we have pretty fresh strong cattle for the throughout the rest of the rope and i think and uh hopefully uh that's what we really tried to work for every time is to is to have a you know everybody a fair chance at the roping and let it be a roping instead of really a drawn match and we hope it continues to be that way and and as we know there's always better in and worse in but we're we're at least putting the effort forth i think that's one of the biggest things is it's so hard to to get cattle right and you know we, you'll see producers put a huge effort into it and that it's a hard it's a hard thing putting on a rope and so clay i really do appreciate you doing it and and then also adding um you guys have added a bunch of money twenty thousand added uh so it's it's obviously one of the biggest opens of the whole year so i, I think that's really cool to be able to do that the amount of effort you guys put in i think it just it's created a, a a really cool start to a, to an open that i think will will be around for a long time and a lot of guys will start putting on their schedule to come to so i think that makes it pretty fun too right Oh, yeah, we hope so. And that's that's what we're working towards. And uh, we're working towards keeping added money up and getting a little bit more. It's 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 hard to, to get added money. Last year we did a lot. And, and uh, Shane and I, did, we more or less did a whole thing for nothing last year. And, and uh, so we had to back off a little under added money this year, but we're working towards getting it back up to where it was. And, and hopefully we'll have a great, great rope. And, and like I said, if it wasn't for people like Shane Boston, um, we really couldn't do this. He's the one that's that backs, you know, he lets me put the rope on and help me put the rope on, but he's the one that, that sure enough, it wasn't for Shane. He is the backbone of getting the sponsors, helping me with all this stuff. And then, and then we're just trying to put things together. So I have a great partner in this. Clay, uh, you're also going to have a handful of numbered ropings too, I think. Is it a 13 and a 12 and 11 or what, what's the numbered ropings you're going to have this year also? We're going to have a 13 and we're going to have a like a, a 12 warm up roping on Friday. And then on Saturday, we're going to have a number 12 and we're going to have a number 10. And on Sunday, we're going to have the open and then the pro am in the first arena. We're going to have a, the girls breakaway in the second arena on Sunday. Is this the first year you've had a breakaway roping or have you done that in the past? Uh, we had one last year. It went over real good. It was on Friday and uh, which is like is kind of a learning curve for us on some of this stuff. So. Anyways, hopefully it'll, it sounds like we already have quite a few entered for the roping. So hopefully it'll be really good. Yeah. And you have, do you have added money in the, in the numbered ropings as well? Yes. Is that what I've seen on the flyer? Yes. We have added money in every rope. We tried to make it this year. Not, I mean, not just for our sponsors, but for the open guys and everybody, but we added money in the, I think we had 10,000 in the 13 and we had 15,000 in the 12 and we had 10 in the number 10 and the, the breakaways got 5,000 added. And we kind of wanted to, uh, you know, everybody that, that buys ropes, everybody that, that uh, you know, so wears a hat, you know, has spurs made, uh, you know, goes on a rope, sells horses, this, that, whatever, there's weekend people. And we kind of wanted to spread that out to where everybody could go rope for a little bit more prize money and, and, uh, and enjoy the, enjoy the, the roping and not just be, we're trying to just not be one dimensional. We want to try to make this to where it's a, you know, people are looking forward to coming to it and, and they can stick around and we'll have a Calcutta and, and kind of have some fun with it. I think that's what the, what's so fun about the, the whole atmosphere there, right? Is you guys, you guys like to have a good time anyways. And, and I think yeah. the, the whole, the whole goal with this, you know, was when you did start with an open rope and I think that makes it pretty special. And I, I think the, the biggest thing that I, I, I want to know is putting on a rope and, when you go to to do something like this for open ropers, 
what what's the biggest challenge to to putting on a, a real big roping like this uh for for open guys uh the biggest challenge i think is probably gonna just is the cattle and try to get the setup to where i mean we want it to be a, a roping i don't want it to be we don't want them to be I really don't want it to be over the gates. I want it to have to go use their horse a little bit. And, and, and you know, we've had it in some bigger arenas. And it'll be interesting to be in a little smaller arena this year and, and, uh, and have, uh, have the cattle strapped out a little bit and, and uh, make, it, make, it, make, it, uh, make the horsepower kind of have to stand out, hopefully. Yeah, and and I think the cool thing, Lone Star moved their boxes over uh, ten or fifteen feet. Yeah, they did. They looks looks like they've done a great job fixing things up over there. I mean, it, it looks like I'm like so we're excited to be over there. Yeah, I I think it's uh it's one of those where the when you set the score, if you if you end up setting it too short, and it might it might look like it's right early on in the roping, but then it can get real fast, and then sometimes you could set it just a touch right. too long, and and we're talking you know six inches one way or another when you're you're setting right. a barrier, and, exactly. and that that really influences a roping on how it turns out. So, it, it's a big challenge for setting those up, and I know I know you gotta you kind of gotta have the idea. So, um, do you do you know how long the boxes yes, are going to be over there? And the score will be. You know what? We're going to get in there and kind of. We're going to get in there and kind of look look at look at our situation and and before I kind of say what it's going to be and we're going to run some steers through tomorrow, and uh, just kind of get everything set up and then I'll have a better idea. I hate to just kind of throw it out that way, but I want to I want to be right before I tell you. I don't want it to be misinformation. Yeah. Um, James Watson's going to James Watson's going to put the roping on for us. James does a great job. He puts on a lot of World Series ropings. Uh, we appreciate James. Uh, you know, he's bringing some cattle and and he's also going to. Help us with all the ropings, and like I said, we're going to get in there, and we'll we'll get a little input from a few of these guys at rodeo, and and uh, we're going to try to get it set up to where everybody's going to enjoy it, and it's going to be a, a, a good strong rope. Since James is putting it on on your numbered ropings, Clay, are they World Series qualifiers or no? Or are they just big added money jackpots? No, that, that these they're guys just, get to just come added through? just added money jackpots. Yeah, just, yeah, just added money jackpots. Yes, well. Sir. We we haven't got that far up in the scale yet. (laughs) Yeah. I guess kind of my last question for you is like, you've done a lot to grow this roping over the years. And I've been to, I think I've been to every one of them and it's been always been a great roping. Um, What, what are you looking forward to in the future next year? And after that to, to keep growing it and making it better and what's your visions for it in the next few years to come? Well, we'd like to get, we'd like to make sure and get a little more money added for the open. That's our biggest, that's our biggest thing we'd like to do, but, I think we'd like to add, you know, through the year, I'd like to add another open in it, whether it be a number 14 or a number, a number nine, uh, or maybe both. If we can, if we can do it all and make a, make a four day rope and would be outstanding if we could do it. I mean, that's kind of what we'd like it to grow to where everybody, everybody has a chance to go rope in, in, in their category and whatever they want to do and hopefully stay around and watch a, watch a great open rope and a great, like I said, then right next door is going to be an open the world breakaway. And so we're trying to make the, make it where it's pretty exciting for everybody to come and, and walk them. Well, that's great. Um, and, and it's not like it's a, a small little, uh, the number opens are small. Uh, I, I don't remember how, how much it paid last year, but the year before, how do you remember how much pe- the 12 paid, paid out before the open started? You know, I, the year before I don't, um, I, like I said, I was, uh, I wouldn't. I wasn't there. I think it paid. I know last year it paid a little about twenty thousand a man to win. Yeah, in the twelve, in the 12 last year. Yeah, so you I talking- can't remember what it paid the year before. I was. I was like I said. I was a little under the weather there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I just remember that twelve's been a huge rope, but it yeah. you know, pays forty thousand yeah, a man last- in, in it. Yeah. yeah, just it's a great, great rope, and everything is so. 
I think last year we had 400 teams and that's, and I, and that, I mean, that's, that's a lot of teams. And I, I mean, I, I don't expect us to get that many, but I, but I, we, he did have a great rope and, you know, and hopefully, like I said, hopefully people want to come, come attend it. So, well, I know, you know, you've started your horse business a long time ago and you, and you've been very successful at that. And, and then this all kind of ties in together, you know, with how successful you've been in the show horse industry and the horse business all together. And now you're starting to put on these ropings and, I mean, I, I've, it's been always a roping that I've looked forward to going to every year, and I have no doubts that it'll be the same this year. And and we, I mean, with if it wasn't for people like you and Shane Boston that puts this stuff together, I know you you don't get enough thank yous throughout the day and throughout the weeks because there's a lot more that goes into it than just. I mean, we're here Wednesday, and I think your open starts Friday, and I know you're busy and got a lot of stuff going on, but uh, there's a lot more that goes into it than people think, and and we can't thank you enough for everything you do, that you do for the open ropers and, and everybody else as well. Well, we, we appreciate you guys and we appreciate you, you know, uh, everything. And we're, we're happy. We're glad to do it. And we're like I said, it's, it's really fun watching and we're excited for, for the roping to come about. So and we, we like our format. I like the inner one, draw one. It kind of gives uh, somebody shows up, you know, they, they're going to be able to draw a great partner in, in this roping and then they can rope their second partner. So we tried not to cut anybody out once again, you know, and uh, hopefully it'll turn out great. Yeah, I think that's a great format. I, I love the pick one, draw one. Um, I, I I don't love the idea of guys getting a third run that's their like normal third run. It, those opens get those those yeah. those. It's harder on the guys that just uh, are not that top tier that you still need to come in or those opens. And I think this format really fits that perfectly. And then with the added money, it's just uh, it's it's a no brainer. I think it's a really great open. Yeah, that's what we, we, we were, we were hoping it'd work that way. And, and uh, like I said, that way they still have their second partner, but, but, the, but then anybody gets to draw whoever in the rope and which is good. I mean, I think it's fun. It's kind of nice to watch some teams rope together. You've never seen rope together and actually yeah. and they look, you know, they, they rope great and, and get that opportunity. There's some young guys that rope outstanding to get that opportunity to rope with some world champions that they maybe wouldn't get to rope with other to otherwise. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. And I mean, it's a great opportunity for everybody involved. So, yeah. Well, Clay, thanks again. We appreciate you coming on. And, uh, you know, once again, you, we're X Factor Roping. We're going to broadcast it uh, this this Sunday. So uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. And uh, we really do appreciate everything you've done to, to help build this roping up and all the added money. And I know it's a lot of work. Well, thank you guys very much. And we're looking forward to seeing you on Friday or on Sunday. See you, Clay. All right. Bye-bye. I think that's the one thing too about that pick one, draw one format is there's a lot of guys that rope really good. You know, when they yeah. draw one of those, they draw a guy, you yeah. know, one of the guys and they, they get a chance. It really does like kind of what Brian was saying earlier. It kind of gives you one of those chances to, to showcase what you can do. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a really good format to use. I know like the capitalist had, had done that in the past and there's, there's other people, you know, other people, or producers that have done that and it's it seems like it works pretty good to to do a big open like that yeah i think so too uh, i know just from experience you go enter one of them ropings and i mean you're hoping to draw like for me i guess a couple years ago i drew chad masters at one and go i mean had a great opportunity took advantage of it ended up winning a check at their open and it's like you know i don't get that opportunity every day and there's a lot of people like me that need to go to the roping that and don't get to rope with Chad or Luke or Clay Smith or Snow or Driggers or, I mean, you can name 10 more too, but 
that format fits a lot of people and, and it makes it fair. And, and like he said, it's interesting to watch guys that normally don't rope together that make great runs and, and a lot of times win, win a good check and them ropings too. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, uh, we're going to get Kelsey on here in just a minute. Uh, we'll go to break right fast and come back with uh, Kelsey. RPX Enterprises, specializing in supplementing the American cowboy. Everything from energy to joint pain to general health and wellness. All right, I know this is an easy company for us to get behind, Dustin, because you've told me a little bit about uh, taking some of the supplements to help out your shoulders. So what, what was your experience like with RPX? It was great. I, I took RPX when I started to have shoulder problems again, and I literally changed nothing with diet, exercise, anything like that. I just took the products, and it really helped my shoulder. I went from not being able to rope very many steers to I could practice all day long and have very little to no pain in my shoulder at all. And I know a lot of ropers have shoulder pain is a pretty common problem for a lot of ropers. So it'd be, be cool to go check them out and see what they're all about. Yeah, that's uh, myzingular.com for more information and to order your products. That's M-Y-X-Y-N-G-U-L-A-R.com, myzingular.com. We really uh, do appreciate working with these companies, and if you support them, that helps us uh, keep growing and keep doing what we want to do with this. All right, welcome back to the XFR Talk Show. We have our next guest, a nine-time uh, WPRA world champion and the recent breakaway champion of the Fort Worth Stock Show and Rodeo. Uh, also recently married Kelsey Domer, formerly known as Kelsey Chase, is how I know you. But uh, welcome, yeah. Kelsey, and welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, breakaway has exploded in the last couple of years. Um, I guess, first off, what's it been like to see the growth of the sport through your eyes, and, and how have you kind of been able to take advantage of these new opportunities that you breakaway ropers have been able to, to, uh, experience. Uh, man, it's been awesome. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. I've, I've kind of been in the middle of it. You know, I haven't been through all of it, like some breakaway ropers, but I can even remember when I was starting, you know, not every amateur rodeo had breakaway around us, you know? So it was, you know, I kind of have got to see a lot of aspects change, but man, it's been so cool. It's been, a huge event and you know and this year we actually truly get to winter rodeo which you know has never happened so you know fort worth san antonio houston all that so it's it's pretty exciting yeah absolutely i guess uh you you made the nfr this last year and that was your first nfr qualification is that right yep okay so they had the nfr in texas the first year and then now last year it's in vegas just right. to put it to you straight was it kind of a letdown to not have the breakaway roping in the Thomas and Mac? And even if it wasn't during the perf, but obviously that's, that's the goal. That's what you guys want is to be in the perf at the Thomas and Mac, just like all the other events. But was it kind of a letdown to just not even have it in the Thomas and Mac and have to be off grounds? Uh, I mean, yeah, in a sense, I think, you know, really the main thing with us is probably the money. You know, we, we were going at $4,000 rounds compared to their, you know, 20 something thousand dollar rounds. And so that was, that was kind of the big thing for us, but shoot, I mean, just like anybody else, I want to run one in the Thomas and Mac too. You know, I would, I would love to do that tomorrow, but you know, I would, I would sacrifice that to, to get equal headed money first. So, I mean, I think the big thing, um, at Vegas this year, you know, it, it ran off really good. You know, I think the breakaway open at the Orleans was awesome, but not a lot of people knew about it. And so that was kind of frustrating to us. It was, 
it was hard to, you know, bring more people in. A lot of people, you know, were like, Hey, you know, when do you rope? It's like, well, we were already done. You know, we've already, we've already done it. And it was, you know, in the middle of the day on a Monday, Tuesday, but, um, that was, that was kind of frustrating on our end that we needed a, a little more help kind of spread the news that way. You know, Kelsey, um, congratulations on getting married, by the way. And I know, I know you've had a lot of, this has been a, a big, big year. And what I, what I'm curious is when it seemed like the PRCA has had a breakaway roping for two years, correct? This is the third year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. Okay. So th this is going into the third year. So year two, it looked like they were going to have them everywhere. And my impression was it's just going to be at the Thomas and Mac. Like it's just normal. Like, Hey, they're running the breakaway ropers in the perf. It's they've got standings. Right. It's got the feel like, were you under the impression when you kind of started rodeoing this, this last year that the breakaway roping was going to be at the, at the Thomas and Mac during the NFR? Um, I mean, I think we were hopeful, but being a breakaway roper, we've, we've learned not to just count on some certain things. <laughs> and so we, we, you know, we kind of got to keep it real and, and not, I guess, to get, get too focused on something like that. But, you know, just like you said, we were, we were hoping that, you know, every rodeo had it and stuff like that. We still had struggles this last summer. You know, we had to pass two or three rodeos on the way to the next one because, you know, they didn't have breakaway roping. And then, you know, we might travel all across the country to go to Ellensburg and rope for 1500 added compared to the 25,000 added, you know, the other events get. So that was, that was what makes it hard. You know, we, we have to go all the miles everybody else does, but a lot less rodeos. So, and a lot less money really. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that they don't, they don't, the same added money rules don't apply as far as, um, I know it's like equal money and then, and then the team rope and it can be half the money that's added. So like if bull riding has 10,000 added team roping can add 5,000 and then it can get split up to down to 2,500 a man. Yeah. So you can add like half right. as much money as like the top event. Um, but I guess they don't, yeah. they don't have that rule for the breakaway ropers. <laughs> We, we kind of roped for anything and, and anything we can get really at some point. So that's what's, it's kind of been hard for us. You know, where, where do we draw the line? You know, we're, we're trying to get a foot in and we're, you know, very thankful for the rodeos that have had us and, you know, the, the opportunity, opportunities that we have gotten, but it's like, man, how, at what point can we get a little extra help? Well, and that's what's so um, like, I'm really proud of all of you, all of you girls, because everyone has conducted themselves very professionally and they've been yeah. excited to be part of rodeos. I, and then I think there's been times like I, Cheyenne, uh, that was probably my favorite event to watch was the breakaway rope at Cheyenne. And, and there's, it, it really is entertaining and how, how you guys have conducted yourselves is great. Cause you know, you're kind of dealing with a lot of, a lot of bullshit, I would say, because it's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, those For deals sure. like that, um, I, I, I guess I'm confused. Is there, how does the rules and like the process, uh, for this, how does it get put into motion and how, how, how do you guys, what's the game plan for trying to get this where it's, uh, an actual mainstream pro rodeo and event, you know, where it is treated just the same as all the other events at the rodeos? Yeah, man, that, that's the magic question. You know, a lot of times we've, we've asked, you know, whether it be the PRCA or WPRA, whatever, like, Hey, what can we do to help? Cause you know, I feel like as a whole, like you said, we've showed up, we've got the membership, you know, we've, 
kind of done our time showing up for anything and everything. And so we're, we're there. We've, we've done everything for that. <clears throat> and so we're just trying to figure out like, Hey, what can we do to help? Cause it seems like we, we get told something from one side and they point fingers to the other side. And so we go to that side and they point fingers back. And so that's, that's kind of been frustrating, but you know, we're, uh, you know, like last year we got a new WPRA president. Um, there's, we got a vote again this year. And so we're, we're getting some changes in the WPRA and I hope, I hope we're going the right direction, but um, just stuff like that. We, we can't, we don't even know the answers because we don't know exactly who to go to and who to get help from. Uh, so the disconnect is a lot of it is between the WPRA and the PRCA. Is that where you're getting it? Cause like the, the WPRA essentially has their kind of rules and then they like coincide with the, the PRCA rules. Is that, is that what, what's kind of happening there? Yeah, I think so. You know, cause you know, you know, actual membership wise, like the PRCA gets 85% of our membership and the WPRA gets 15%. But then on the WPRA side, they, they do a lot of the books and, and other stuff. And so it's kind of hard, you know, from one standpoint, you know, one association says, Hey, we do everything. And then the other side, they're like, no, we, we kind of do a lot of stuff too, which, you know, I'm not going to throw either one under the bus. I think they're, they're both doing a lot, but we just, everybody just has to get on the same page and try to try to get it figured out. <clears throat> so like, what do you think you guys as breakaway ropers and, you know, Larry D and Jackie have, I think that they're probably the two main staples that have come before your time that, that have really pushed for it. But what do you guys think you you could do as a collective group to get this to where you do have equal money? And, and, you know, I think there's a rule in there that a long time ago it passed where, you know, not team roping wasn't even a required event to be a pro rodeo to where you guys are kind of going through the same thing right now as a collective group. What do you think are some ideas that have you guys talked about it? Like, Hey, I think if we pitch this to them or how can we go about it to get this deal done? Yeah. You know, we've, we've talked and we've, we've tried to come together, but it's so hard, you know, we've got to get everybody on the same page. I mean, you know, you guys know that. And, and we've even talked to, you know, we know that the team ropers have already gone through it. So let's skip some of the steps that you guys had to take. You know, you've already kind of yeah. gone through all that stuff and, and the crap. And so it's like, hey, what can we do to kind of hustle this part along, I guess? Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's hard because I think, you know, a lot of us and I don't know if the right words are say to, to take a stand. But, you know, let's let's all get on the same page and say, hey, let's support these rodeos that are doing a great job and that are you know, adding the money and doing whatever, but how do you tell somebody not to enter the other rodeos? You know, we don't want to be shitty like that, I guess, and not just go to them, but shoot, it's hard, you know, just like the Ellensburg thing that that weekend, you know, me personally, I had to go there to get my tour rodeo count. So I needed to go to those rodeos over there. But, you know, in that same weekend, you could have been at a um, rodeo in North Dakota, back-to-back rodeos with 3,000 added. And so you could have stayed, you know, one spot that paid more than the Ellensburg Rodeo, but I needed that count because I wanted to be at Salinas, you know, later on in the year. So it's just hard, you know, half of us were split that way, but half of us needed the count and half of us wanted to go for better money. And so. I think that's just, that's kind of just the vicious cycle of rodeo, is it not? I mean, that's, it's yeah, that way sure. in every event. There's, I mean, I remember yep. there's rodeos that we've gone to that's like, I don't really don't want to go, but I need to go. Like I remember yeah. one time I was trying to get the Canadian count. I had to go to a little rodeo in Canada and drive 12 hours up there to get my count to make the finals, you know, and that's just, it's part of rodeo and it's sometimes it's good and sometimes yeah. it's bad, but it's just part of it. Yeah. But 
Uh, to shift gears a little bit, I want to take you all the way back to NWOJR and about the 12 to 14 <laughs> age group. Because I think we, yeah. we all kind of rodeoed together back then. Um, yep. Back then, you know, when you were in that age group, did you ever think you would be a multi-world champion and be able to rope at a huge rodeo like that in the breakaway roping at Fort Worth and, and then to win it also and then to make the NFR and I mean, there's so much has changed. Back as a as a young kid, did you ever dream of things like this that your life's turned into now? Uh, probably not then, honestly, no. You know, because, you know, back then, yeah, I knew people were amateur rodeoing in the breakaway, but really after college, that, that was, you know, there was really nothing. Like it was, you know, we high school rodeoed and then I knew college rodeo was getting to be pretty big, you know, or whatever. But after that, it's like, shoot, there was nothing. So there was really nothing for me to look up to. And at that point I was naive about a lot of stuff. I mean, that was kind of the area we grew up in, I guess, yeah. you know, we had, you know, we jackpot team roped and junior rodeoed, but you know, shoot, just like you, we were in everything else, all the other sports and stuff like that. And so I really, I guess, never had that dream that young, you know, it, it took to get in, you know, later on in high school and then in college to, to kind of realize what I could do, especially in my event, you know, yeah, as a team roper, everything was good on, on your end, but in the breakaway open, it grew a lot in my high school and college years. You know, it, it, it flourished then and then it, it never stopped. So going into it, um, you know, obviously this, this year's you're off to a really good start with Fort Worth. Um, when they have a rodeo like that, what, what did the format pay in the, the like the semis and all that? And then how much were you able to, to win out of Fort Worth this year? Um, through, through my set and the wild card in the semifinals, I think I won a little over 6,000 and then went in the finals was 20,000. So right at 26,000, but you know, which is huge. Like right now I have a little bit more one, you know, in February than I did when I made the, the finals last year. And so, you know, that's pretty exciting to get, get that big jump, but shoot, it's huge, you know, for the breakaway open. Yeah. I got to you know, when that going, going through all the semifinals in my sets, but that 20,000 makes a pretty huge difference at the end. Yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty cool. And it's, it's good to see Fort Worth step up and do that. Cause I, I think that's a, that's a huge win, you know, and when you can get those, I, I, yeah. I think that's what the whole rodeo uh, season is like. There's, there's some, some of those bigger rodeos that you need to hit at if you're going to rope for world titles and make the NFR. And uh, it's really hard to to justify it or make money just grinding it out for fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollar checks. You know, you really do need to have those opportunities where you can win win those big big checks. So I think that's that's really cool. Sure. Um, I I do I feel like it's going in the right way. You know what I mean? Like with with Breakaway and and I'm I'm a big fan. Uh, I I just I think the big the big challenge for you for the girls is how to to get it treated like another event at a rodeo and then right. and i think that's that's an argument that a lot of a lot of us team ropers have got into is well we always say we want equal money and there'll be a rodeo like west jordan utah with 10 or 12,000 added in the bull ride and in the rough stock and the team roping will have um you know 2500 or you know a little bit more per side in the team you know for a header and healer. So it's like five or 6,000. Sure. And you're like, man, this, this really sucks when these guys are their their rodeo pays as good as Livingston and yeah. ours is paying $1,700. And, uh, right. and I think that's, um, that's something that with the, 
it's odd that we don't have uh, like clear leadership, I guess, you know, to, to start putting these things together. And, and I think that's where it probably needs to start is who, who do we, who do we talk to, who, who leads and who votes and, and then how we all can kind of work together on it. Right. Is that, is that something that you guys are just constantly trying to figure out or trying to, you know, put in play? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, that's what I always go back to, you know, yeah, usually the big deal, which, which is great. You know, I, I want the NFR to, to be a big topic and figure that out too, but man, it goes back to so much more than that. You know, even right now, not every circuit has a circuit finals with breakaway in it, you know, and you know that you're not even really quote unquote treated equal there in the circuits. And so I think that's something we can go for. And then just, you know, getting more rodeos on board to have us, you know, a lot of the times, we get the excuse, you know, they don't have enough parking, which I truly believe that because how many times have we been to places and it's like, holy cow, how are we going to get in and out of here? Well, it's, you know, people don't want to change. They don't want to add another slack. You know, that's that's yeah. more money on them and stuff like that, which we understand that, you know, we we get it. But it's like, hey, how can we prove to you that we're going to bring more money into your town, you know, spend money at your town and buy diesel or whatever. And, you know, hey, it's going to be worth it to add that extra day. But it goes back to a lot of stuff, you know, just like that, you know, yeah, every, you know, the, the barrels in the breakaway is co-approved, you know, so, you know, not, not every rodeo has to have that, but the barrel racing is, you know, proven over and over again, and they have fans. And so of course they're going to have the barrel racing. And so we just need to make sure we can get every rodeo committee to say, Hey, you know, and understand like the breakaway is going to do that same thing. You're going to have just as many runs come in on that and, you know, have some fans there, but even, even if you don't have any more fans, just like, you know, a lot of people say that in the NFR, you can't sell any more tickets in the NFR. It's been sold out for years. And so we can't, you know, that's not one of the things we can push. We can't sell any more tickets, but you know, it's breakaway as a whole is just going to help the industry. You know what I mean? We're, we're going to bring stuff in, you know, to each rodeo committee or whatever, and, you know, horses, you know, whatever. So that, that's kind of has, has to be our, you know, I guess, bargaining, deal because you know if it's if it's based on tickets then yeah we we can't bring any more money into your nfr you know or even some other places but we can do a lot of other things i think that people yeah, might not sure. think about so i i looked at this i seen i ran across this the other day and it might not have been updated completely at the time but it said that you had more money won right now because you're number one in the world in the breakaway than the mm-hmm. number one girl in the barrel racing and i personally yep. honestly it shocked me i'm like that that can't be right just because of all the struggles you guys have been through, you know, but it's got to kind of at least make you feel like you got a little pat on the back. Like, Hey, maybe we are kind of starting to hit a stride here and, and starting to really gain some traction with the breakaway deal. Um, Cause I think it said you have 31,000 one right now. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yep. It, I mean, it's gotta, it's gotta kind of at least be like, okay, maybe there is a light at the end of the tunnel on this deal. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's exciting. And that goes back to, we, we finally get to win a rodeo and, you yeah. know, Fort Worth was one of the first rodeos, if not the first one to be on board for equal added money. And so we will, we were equal just like every other event. So that helps, but we've got to go there, you know, Odessa, a couple places, you know, yeah. Even like Rapid City and that one in North Dakota didn't have breakaway in the last couple of weeks. And so that kind of stunk for us, but still we're, we're getting to be in more rodeos and having that equal added money. So it does give us a chance to, to be up there right now and have the same money one, you know, at the end of the year, is it going to be the same? Probably not, but at least we have a start now and we can, you know, keep pushing forward and, and get to that. But shoot, we, we might, I mean, there's, there's a chance we get to go to San Antonio, 
we get to go to Houston, you know, it, everybody thinks we're equal added money at Houston, but we're not. Yes, the winner is going to win, you know, the 50000 but we only get to go to one perf compared to three that y'all get to go to. So, you know, the, the money in between is going to be a little bit different. But, I mean, it's a start. I mean, we got into Houston, so that's awesome. Yeah. There's a lot of challenges. And, and I think that's the one thing that can, can get misunderstood is it's just like parking. Uh, you know, that's how many times we've been to Reno and we're like, man, this is a train wreck over here at Reno. When, yeah. they, asked, they asked me why, why I didn't vote for it for Rodeo of the Year one time. And I said, because I can't park. I yeah. literally, they tried to make me park off site. And I was like, I, I, I mean, yeah. it's just, I, I hate stuff like that. But I, I think what goes into all of this is the committees have to add more money. They have to raise more money to, to add another event. And then you have, if you, it is a big event and there's slack, it costs um, more to, to produce slacks. Uh, you got more and, and you got to pay for stock contractors that they got to have. And, you know, you also got to get your volunteers or people that help with the rodeos. And so there's, there's tons of moving parts, but I think there's, yeah. there's also so many things like, well, what makes the NFR so special? It, and I think it's, it kind of inspires the whole sport. And so when you, you say, you know, that we couldn't sell any more tickets, but yeah, I think you, you watch, you watch the girls that could, would have lined up at the NFR this year on that stage. Uh, what would that do for the sport, for rodeo? Who, you know, who's like young lives that you're going to change that inspire. I mean, we just had Junior on and he was talking about how growing up they watched the NFR. That's the only thing they saw uh, was the NFR on on TV. And so they just thought that was yeah. how you roped in America. And they, and they, I think that's that's something that gets overlooked really easily. But I think it's really important to understand is how those big platforms and then how, how you guys also have, have conducted yourselves too. Because it's... I mean, it might feel slow, but maybe if you look at it in five years from now, it, it it'll be, it'll be a lot. The way it's going, it's going to be in a really good situation. So I I I, I wish it was better for for you girls, but at the same time, I sure. I'm, I am excited that that it's going this way now. You know, yeah. the fact that Houston does have a breakaway rope that can win fifty thousand, yep. you just win twenty thousand. Yep. These are great opportunities now. Because you're yeah. you're roping for a living and you're making a good living, and that wasn't a yep. real thing four years ago, really. Not, I mean, yeah. it, maybe yeah, four or five was less the than first, that, maybe yeah. even two. Yeah, and maybe like WCRA was kind of first one to like yeah. really get the the ball rolling that way. So I, it's this is a this is a wild wild thing to have is to add another event rodeo at a rodeo. So it's I know it's I know it's tough, but. I, I just I can't believe there's not more clarity uh, with what's going to happen. The plan is just like, hey, we're we're just going to throw this yeah. in there a couple times, see how it works, and and then I think yeah. I think maybe a lot of a lot of committees really liked it, and it, it was like experiences like I had or whatever. That man, this was this was as much fun to watch as anything else at the rodeo. So, hey, it's good. And, and it's that's good, been a good. I mean, thing really, we haven't really got any negative you know, things from committees. So that's been nice. You know, you like every time we left a rodeo this last summer or anything like that, it's like, Hey, thanks for coming. And we're like, no, thanks for having us. You know? So that's been really good. We've, we've got a lot of positivity there. And like you said, you know, junior watching the NFR, that made me think, um, Jackie said at first, but then I realized that too, out in Vegas, this was the first time, you know, somebody would walk by or a little girl would walk by and like, Hey, that's a breakaway roper. 
you know, and we, they didn't think we were barrel racers, which was awesome. You know, they were like, Hey, that's a breakaway roper and she's here for the NFR. So that was pretty cool. Cause you know, in years past, you know, people didn't think that, yeah, you had some people that knew who you were, but you know, other than that, they're, you know, they ask you, you know, how was your barrel run the night before, you know, they just had no idea because you're a girl, you know, and you're a girl in your cowboy, cowboy clothes hat. out there. Yeah. Autographs. And so it was, that was, that was pretty special this year. People actually knew, you know, or they asked like, Hey, are you a breakaway roper? When do you rope? We'd, we'd really like to watch. And so we, we did have some of those. Um, and you know, that was exciting. So that's, that obviously we're going, we're going somewhere and that's, that's pretty cool to, to think about. So Kelsey, looking ahead to the rest of this year, um, you know, you said you have, you said San Antonio is going to have breakaway, right? Yep. I'm okay. a, I'm the very first roper at San Antonio Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get to kick it off the right way. You'll set the arena yeah, records sure. first off. Perfect. Yeah. I'm, I'm game. <laughs> yeah. So then, and then Houston, um, and yeah, I think San Angelo's in, in April this year, but, um, what do you think it's going to take to make the finals in the breakaway rope in this year compared to years past? Cause it looks like there's going to be more money. Right. I know. That's what I asked Jackie yesterday. I'm like, man, what do you think? She's like, I don't know. You know, obviously you got a, a pretty good start and that's exciting, but that's kind of what we were thinking about, you know, really, what is it going to take this time? Cause I was last year with, you know, a little over 31,001, I was 10th going into the NFR. Um, and so you know, having that already, you know, obviously that helps, but you know, there's no way you can back off, you know, dude, you've got just like, you know, San Antonio, Houston, you know, Reno again, we don't, we don't know exactly what those rodeos are going to bring and if the money's going to be different or whatever, but we've already looked on some of our schedules and there's been, you know, more added than last year already. So it'll, it'll be exciting to see actually how much it's going to take. I think that's pretty awesome. What about, uh, you know, Fort Worth the other day, this is, uh, obviously one of the biggest winter rodeos. It's a really fun atmosphere. Do you, you get nervous? You've been nervous here lately. I know you've won a lot and you're, you're pretty good about managing emotions, but I feel like here the, these last few months, you've had a lot going on. Is that something like mentally, you know, you've got to stay a little more even kill when you get in a atmosphere like that, or how do you try to treat those bigger, bigger rodeos or bigger runs like that when you come back to the finals like that? Yeah. I mean, of course you're excited. You know, I'll never say that I don't get nervous, but I, I try to turn the nerves into, you know, something positive, I guess, you know, adrenaline, whatever it may be. But, um, I know two years ago when we had Fort Worth, um, I like, I didn't make it out of my set. I didn't even make it to the wild card and I, I made two good runs. And so this year going into it, I'm like, man, you kind of got to go at them. You know, that's just how the format is, you know, just like that, you know, the last time I got to go, I made two great runs, made a little bit of money, but it wasn't near enough. And shoot, even this year, um, in the in my set, I was two one and two two and didn't make the semifinals. I had to go through the wild card first. And so that's that's pretty crazy. I mean, that's just how tough our event, you know, any event can be, but in that type of setup, you have to win, you know, first or second pretty much every time to kind of get out of your set. And so I just I mean there, there was no, no hanging back. You, you pretty much had to go at them and, and, and keep at it and shoot. By the time I went in the finals, there was already a one nine and a two one. Um, and so you, you, there was no other option, but to, but to go fast, you know, you couldn't, I had two people after me. And so there, there wasn't just go make a good run and get some money. It's like, Hey, go be fast and try to get money. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but going slow is not going to work either. So, yeah, Kelsey, my last question for you. And uh, I don't know if Pace knows about this, but um, 
with breakaway rope and exploding and it getting so big, are you going to back off on the, on the tie down rope in a little bit this year and focus a little bit more on the breakaway? Cause I don't know if Pace knows, but she is a badass tie down roper. I, I knew she tied <laughs> down a little bit, I, but back, I remember seeing her at Frosty's the first time I ever seen her tie one down at Shannon Frost house. And I was like, at the trailer a ways from the arena, like who is here tying calves down? And it was like, she was <laughs> blowing through them. Like it was nothing nice. Yeah. And, I, and I walk, I'm like, that's Kelsey. Holy shit. Nice. So are you going to back <laughs> off on the tie down rope this year? Or, or are we going to still be yeah, after that? We, we've kind of backed off the last couple of years just because there really isn't, you know, many jackpots with the tie down anymore for the all girl, but, um, and also shoot roadie on there's, I mean, that's a, a different thing for us. Breakaway ropers is we don't get to jackpot as much. And that's kind of what we've, you know, always, I guess, fallen back on. That was kind of our guarantee. We're going to have some badass jackpots. That's where we can go back our money. So yeah, with, with the rodeo and I definitely have backed off on the tie down. <laughs> there you go. We just had Clay Logan on. I'm sure you'll be at his uh, breakaway rope this weekend. I'll be there Sunday morning. Perfect. Well, Kelsey, thank you. We'll see you Sunday morning and, uh, you know, good work this year and uh, good luck through the rest of it as well. Yeah. Thanks y'all. That is the wildest thing to think. I, I like the more, <laughs> I feel like your mind's kind of blown right now. Well, there's, there's so many things to right to the, the whole to, Add an event to rodeo. They, oh, well, why can't we just add a little more money at the event? Well, then you got all the logistics. There's pins. There's stock contractors. There's um, how, how much parking you have. Like, there's so many variables. Um, the committee man's got to know, hey, we're going to have Slack run two hours longer today because we have, you know, 100 breakaway ropers entered. But damn it, it seemed like when they were doing it, it's like, hey, this is going to be at the Thomas and Mac. And then they basically run a slack out off grounds for them. Honestly, and, I, this is no, no lie. I honestly had no idea when it was. Yeah. I, and I feel like I pay attention pretty good to most things. And I had no clue when it was. I knew it was in Vegas. I knew it was at the Orleans. I had no idea when it was, though. So, and I wasn't even out there, but if, in, if I was, and I wanted to go watch, I had no idea when it was. And that's mind blowing to me. I mean, this is, you're crowning a world champion and a lot of people don't even know when it's happening, you know? And, and cause I found out when it was like, she was talking about the person's like, Hey, we want to come watch your rope. And she was like, yeah, well, we already did yesterday and it's over. That's how I found out about it. Like, I was like, man, I wonder when the breakaway is. And then I see the results like, oh, well. I think it was Sawyer Gilbert or whoever won the world. I'm like, oh, well, she won the world. Well, glad I knew about it. You know, like that's just, it's, it's mind boggling to me. Yeah. I, the, the platform um, that they were given wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah. And, uh, and it's also hard to, to build a new event. And that's essentially what it was because it wasn't with anything else. Right. So yeah, all the branding and how to build awareness, but it's, it's crazy. I think it's a good thing, though. I think the girls are really good for the sport. I don't think they take away from any of the other events. I think they, it's just more membership to the PRCA. It's, it's a good event to watch. It's fast. Um, you know, you got girls, crowd likes that. Um, they are, they've always liked the barrel racing. So it's, I think there's, there's a lot of great things to come from it. So hopefully we can start seeing that and, and 
when they say like selling tickets, it might mean more ticket sales throughout the whole year and and, and different things like that. So I, I hope it works. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild to, yeah. to, to think that that was the situation they were put in. But yeah. and, and maybe everyone just kind of ran with that same thought that I had, like, hey, they're having it at all these rodeos. It's going to be at the Thomas and Mac this year. So right. Yeah. No, I agree. It's Hopefully, I, I think they're on the right track. I think they're making headway and they're getting there. Um, the process just might take longer than some people are patient enough for. But. Yeah. Well, should we wrap this uh, episode number two up, or what's yeah. the deal? Yeah, I guess we're gonna wrap this up. So I was thinking just how they do it on like Sports Center, and they like start tossing the papers, <laughs> throw the paper out there. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. All right, man. Well, thanks. I thought that was a great show. Um, obviously, some pretty cool insight from from pretty wide variety today. We yeah. had we had a, a juniors perspective, which I thought was great to a guy like Bry Kreitz coming up, and then obviously. Uh, Clay with the the rope and producer side of things, and I thought that's pretty cool. I, I really appreciate a, a guy, you know, a guy stepping up there and, and putting on an open like that. That's that's awesome. And then also Kelsey, she's she is awesome. I, I've I've just known her a little bit. She's great, and I think she's really really good for breakaway. And she's um, an absolute beast on a horse yep. horsemanship roping. I mean, she's just I, super talented. She can saw it off the neck. Oh my word! Yeah, it's. Pretty crazy. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. We'll see y'all next time. That was nice at the end. See you next time. Yep. See ya.